Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, my friends. Did you know that not every coach has what would be considered the socialized ideal of a quote-unquote healthy, pain-free, and able body? I know, right? (laughs) In fact, I might be talking about you, and you might be like, that's me, I don't have a body like that. Well, here's the thing. You might be like, wait, this is a business podcast, marketing podcast, why are we talking about health and body and everything? Well, one of my core, deepest core beliefs as somebody who occupies the intersection of a bunch of marginalized identities, such as I'm a, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color, I have an ADHD brain, et cetera, is that there has to be a seat at the table for everyone. And more particularly, there has to be pathways to success and thriving for every kind of coach entrepreneur, regardless of what kind of brain and body they have. And I obviously care. I mean, I care about everybody. I care the most about coaches because that's what I do. I help other coaches with their businesses. I help them do amazing work in the world and make lots of money. And here's something that seems to always get in the way in a really heartbreaking way, chronic pain. I have spoken time and time again with clients who struggle with chronic pain And I know there are so many of you, there's not enough conversations about this, about how chronic pain actually affects every every area of your life, obviously, but especially your business, because your business honestly consumes so much of your time and your energy and your capacity. And when a lot of that is being eaten up by dealing with chronic pain, that is a major, major issue. It doesn't get talked about enough. People who have chronic pain kind of suffer in silence. They have shame about it. They are have anger about it. And I don't think that they always feel safe claiming it as, hey, here's an issue that I'm really struggling with that's affecting my business. I have so many clients who have told me over the years they are down for hours a day, sometimes multiple days in a week, sometimes even weeks at a time due to chronic pain that, you know, for whatever reason isn't neatly solved via conventional medicine or any kind of conventional method. And it's just something they live with. And I hear over and over again about the kind of limiting thoughts that these coaches have about their chronic pain with regards to how it inhibits them from showing up fully in their businesses to be able to do justice to the kind of energy and capacity that they want to bring to their businesses. And they can't because, hello, they're suffering with this big thing a big chunk of the time and it just feels unfair, right? And they just have lots of emotions about it. Maybe you recognize yourself in what I'm talking about. You know, as much as we would like for this not to be the case, we are not robots. We're not machines with perfect bodies that operate exactly the way we want. Just because we are thinking the right thoughts and eating the right things or whatever, like it doesn't matter. We're all these complex organisms and Our bodies are so endlessly fascinating and complex and intelligent. And it's so important to me that everyone and everybody's body has a chance to fully do the work that they long to do in the world and create the kind of success and results that feel as expansive as they crave it to be. And 
If somebody has chronic health, which nobody chooses to have chronic health, right? Why should that ever get in the way of them building amazing coaching businesses? If it does, that is not okay by me. So you can imagine why I was so excited to talk to Dr. Andrea Moore, my guest today. You're going to hear me talking to her on this podcast about chronic pain, and she's going to tell us all about how it does not have to be a limiting thing for your coaching business at all. You guys, talking to her was so incredibly enlightening for me. And I don't even have chronic pain. And I can still relate to and be moved by so many of the things that she talks about because, and then I truly think that if you're like me and you don't necessarily suffer from chronic pain, if you have any kind of issue at all related to your body or your mind, like your brain that keeps flaring up as an issue that seems to not respond to conventional ways of dealing with things and gets in the way of you showing up with full capacity and energy to your business, Everything she's going to talk about is going to apply to you and just feel like gold, but especially to folks with chronic pain. And I honestly have so many beloved, brilliant clients and friends who struggle with it. I know that this episode with her is going to be a giant permission slip, a ray of hope, and even a galvanizing love letter to the possibility of you not just surviving, not just making do, but truly thriving and prospering beyond all expectations with chronic pain. Did I say bane? Chronic pain. (laughs) Without further ado, this is my conversation with Dr. Andrea Moore. Hello. Thank you so much for having me here. Yay. So tell us, where do you come from? What is your background? And what made you such a badass coach on chronic pain, who is also an inspiration to so many of her own followers and clients? Tell us. Yeah. So I'm always like, I could spend an hour telling you my backstory and I'm not going to do that clearly. So I will keep it as short as possible. But basically I became a doctor of physical therapy 11 years ago. And in that time, even before leading up to that, I was dealing with my own chronic pain. And it was almost like a means to the end of like, oh, if I can learn about my own body, I can fix myself. And I was constantly on this journey of trying to fix myself. I was convinced my brain needed fixing and fixing my body was just another thing on my list of things to fix. So in working with clients and even seeing my own physical therapist, I very quickly realized that what I was learning in school was not helping me and was not helping my clients with chronic pain. And naturally, because the universe gives us exactly who we need, right? Everyone who was on my schedule had a lot of chronic pain that was not being healed by traditional physical therapy. And don't get me wrong, traditional physical therapy has many amazing things of it, but there's a certain subset it was not helping. So in partially for selfish reasons, but partially also because I wanted to help my clients, I really started to dig in more of like, there has to be something else because everything that we kind of learned was like, oh, there's nothing else they can do. The pain's in their head. That's it. They just got to learn to live with it. And it was very much, you know, women were being told they're crazy. Their pain wasn't being taken seriously. My pain wasn't being taken seriously when I go to the doctor. And I was like, fuck this, like, this is bullshit. So 
I just started that happened to so many of my friends and it infuriates me. It's like, well, right. you know, have you tried like, you know, meditation, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is, okay, I could go off because there was like this whole pain science movement. That's amazing. That is more up to date and it is more respective of the nervous system, but within the pain science movement, you're seeing exactly that of these like, okay, well, you just need to go meditate. You just need to change your thoughts. Mm, but it's not that simple. There's no guidance, right? They like literally go to a 15 minute appointment and are like, yeah, just meditate, change your thoughts, sleep more, eat better. And you're fine. It's like, oh yeah, sure. Cause those things have historically are so easy for people to do. So exactly. And that was kind of what guided my journey was I actually then became a nutritional therapist because that was one of the first places I delved in and it helped, but I couldn't keep up with it. And I just became, because I already had perfectionism in my background, I just became a perfectionist about health. And then beat myself up because I couldn't actually, you know, stay off sugar and do all the things you're supposed to do and be perfectly gluten-free and dairy-free and, you know, anti-inflammatory. And so that's when I got into life coaching, which also helped dramatically, but I was still stuck. I still felt like I could not change my thoughts. Every time I would, my nervous system would freak out. And that's when I got into the trauma healing world, the somatic work, embodiment work. And that just transformed my life completely. And that's why I love what you talk about, Simone, so much because you bring it all in. And it's so similar to what I do in my work is I'm bringing in the thought work because it's tremendously helpful, but we're also respecting the nervous system and using, you know, trauma-informed practices, which is what is so missing in so many of the people who are even up to date with pain research. So it's a quick background of my story. Um, I guess a little bit about me. I also, I have a husband and I have a little four-year-old. So if you hear anything in the background, that could be. (laughs) I know all about that. (laughs) Okay. So that's really interesting. Tell us just a little bit more about how trauma is related to chronic pain, because we tend to think of chronic pain as physical and trauma. I mean, unless we're talking about trauma, like a car accident, Mm -hmm. a lot of times when we talk about trauma in terms of psychology, we think of that as being mental and we think of the two as being unrelated. So tell me about how they're not. Yeah. To do that, I'm first going to back up a little bit to like very, very basic, like up-to-date pain neuroscience. And that is 100% of pain is always, 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 always 100% of the time created by the brain. It is the brain that is getting input from the nervous system along with what you're seeing, what you're smelling, your memories, a past book you read, what your aunt Lucy said about her knee 30 years ago that you don't remember, right? All of those things, it is taking that in a split second. It is determining, is there a threat that I need to pay attention to? And if it thinks there is a threat you need to pay attention to, it will input it back or put it out as pain. So the pain is always created by the brain. And I always tell my women that if some, you know, male doctor tries to tell you that it's in your head and you can kick him in the balls and be like, that's in your head too, bitch. Like, yes, pain is in your head. <laughs> it, still, it still hurts. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I don't know why this whole like in your head has become this. I mean, it's kind of like being like thoughts are in your head. Yeah. And they really fucking impact our lives. Like exactly, our, our brain kind of, you know, it's a really big controller thing in our body. So I don't anyways. But just because something is in, in your head doesn't mean you can control it. Like you can't, there's actually only a very small part of your brain function that you can control with your conscious mind and everything else is like automatic, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So 
ultimately that is, that is what pain creates pain. It is your brain perceiving there is a threat that needs to be paid attention to. That also means your brain can turn off pain if even in the instance of actual injury. So I always like to tell people that like everyone thinks injury and pain are correlated and they can be right, but not always. So you hear these stories, you know, where some guy in the wood chops off his arm or something and has no pain and he's able to like drive himself to the hospital while he's like bleeding out. And then the second he walks into the hospital, he passes out. And that's because in those moments, the brain has been like, okay, we're going to send out all our endorphins, all our, our own like levels of, um, you know, like chemicals that will stop pain because if you pass out in the woods, you will die. (laughs) It is not helpful for you to pass out right now from pain. So we're going to stop the pain. So this means even when you have an injury, you could have no pain. And it also means even when you don't have an injury, you could have pain. That's where mm-hmm. yeah. trauma comes in. Aha. Uh-huh. So, that was such an amazing explanation. Okay, go on. Awesome. So ultimately the brain, a huge portion of what the brain is reacting to, to decide if there is a threat is what your nervous system is sending it. All right. And if your nervous system is holding on to, you know, either trapped, like emotions, trapped, like even past traumas, I'm, you know, going to ancestral work, generational trauma, all of those things. If it's holding on to that, your brain might be getting messages as if there is a threat, but it's really not even yours, right? Like it could be inherited from totally past things. And I just want to pause and say here that I know we're talking about physical chronic pain, but this like probably most of what Andrea is saying also applies if you have chronic, maybe emotional pain, mental pain from like trauma, like ancestral trauma, trauma from your earlier stages of your life, all of it, this affects so many of us. And I know that so many of my listeners are going to feel massively validated by this and everything that she has to share today about how to, how to manage them and not, you know, not, have to have them limit your life. I think it's going to be relevant to all of us. So keep listening, even if you don't think you have um, chronic physical pain. Okay. So go on. And yes, absolutely. And it's funny because most of my work with clients ends up being very much on the emotional part. (laughs) And oftentimes we have to start there before we can even get to like the painful part, which we'll get back to that in a second. But I did want to say like in your, hopefully, hopefully everyone here has listened to your model heresy. But I was listening to the other day and it's like your, your number three model heresy, that in between the C and the T line, like that's where I live. It's the like, why do some people have a thought about a circumstance, right? It's like, why do some people's bodies, brains react to their nervous system as if there was a threat to create pain where others might not. And I love to share this one study about uh, derby car crash driver people. I always forget what they're called. So they just crash cars for a living. Apparently they think it's fun. And they are in like an average of like 70 plus accidents over the course, like even in like a one day, I think they like get into like 15 different accidents on average at like 15 miles per hour. So pretty significant. Okay. The incidence of neck pain in this population is like 5% or something. And don't quote me on numbers here. I did not look them up before this, but something somewhere close. It's incredibly low. Yeah, they're crashing all the time. 
Whereas in the general population, you can have somebody get rear-ended at like five miles per hour. And like the incidence of neck pain can be like up to 50% from one crash. Wow. Okay. So why is it right that some people can just take that and others can't? And it's because for the derby crash people, it's fun. It is fun. They are expecting it. It's fun. Whereas when you're just chilling your car, which is perceived as safe, right? It's like the safe. You're usually listening to music, like hanging out. And all of a sudden someone comes from behind and crashes. That is freaking traumatic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's like a physical example, but it just goes to show that it is not like that incident that is going to like, it's not necessarily physical intensity per se only. Yeah. I mean, look at football players. You know what I mean? It's like, look at all these instances where people just don't have pain and they do insane things. Yeah. yeah. So it's why do some people's nervous systems react? Uh And that is where I am going with people. Why is your nervous system seeing a threat here? And let's get to the root of that and heal that where we can. Okay. Um, And mm -hmm. and then also (laughs) go ahead. (laughs) And, and also that to heal that, the most important piece of healing that is seeing your pain as a friend to you, as a way in, as a way to get your, to know yourself better as a superpower. Okay. Hold on. Pause. Because <laughs> I was just going to ask how our listeners who maybe struggle with chronic pain can start to have a different understanding of it. What are the steps they can take towards, you know, making their chronic pain, not a liability, but an ally in their business building and their marketing. Because like I said, a lot of them have the thought that they are just limited in their capacity, that they just can't do as much as people without chronic pain. And then then they feel shame about it. They probably also feel anger about it. So Andrea already said the first part of it, which is to see it, see chronic pain as a friend. And I don't know about you, but if it were me... I'd be like, what? How can pain be a friend? Tell us more. Exactly. Yes. That is most people's reaction. And that's totally fine. It's a very, very valid reaction. And it can take, I want to say that that's a process in itself. You do not need to just immediately turn pain into a friend. Like anything, you're working towards that, working towards just allowing it without fighting it and resisting it. Because the matter of the truth is it's it's present, right? And so many people live in this place of constantly fighting it and resisting it and not wanting it to be there and wanting to fix it. Which yeah, being mad at the pain, being mad at themselves for having the pain. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. So there's constantly, there's all kinds of thoughts. And since I'm speaking to hopefully most mostly coaches here that you, you can start to look at like, there's a pain, And there's probably your immediate thoughts of the pain where people get stuck in that loop of like, well, I just hate it. I want it to go away. It's like, okay, why do you want it to go away? And starting to get curious about it. Like, let's start looking at like, what are you making it mean about yourself? And and looking at that and starting to really see if you can get to a place of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And often that takes a lot of stepping back and allowing each emotion to be here. So sometimes you have to let the anger mm-hmm. out. Like you might be really angry at your pain. So you might have a little session where you do let that anger out, express it, yell at it. And then notice where is that anger in your body mm. and starting to notice where else other things live, because that's usually then when you start to bring up things that you just didn't even know were related to your pain. 
Oh, and if you're a life coach, like you doing all that work on yourself. Oh my God. It's so potent. Like anytime a life, anytime I do a lot of like intense emotional, like work to align myself, I'm always thinking the back of my mind, like cha-ching, like every time I learn something about myself, like it makes me a better coach. Right. It makes my marketing more powerful because I suddenly like I, you know, your own personal breakthroughs. I always talk about your integrity like that is where all of your power as a coach lives. So that just sounds like such potent work. Yes. And ultimately, pain usually has a message for us. Mm. And that message is going to be different for everybody. And often for entrepreneurs, a lot of times that pain is reacting the more powerful they get, the more, you know, almost confident they get, or the more they try to start switching their thoughts to be more confident, right? Their Mm -hmm. pain often flares up and it feels like their pain stops them. Right. Okay. So this is a really common scenario. I see this may not be true for everybody. Okay. But since we're talking to entrepreneurs here, so it's like, if you feel like every time you're like kind of hit a stride or like, okay, I feel like really good about my message and you have a pain flare up, that is a chance to get really curious of like, why is my nervous system thinking that me getting clarity is a threat? Mm-hmm. And this is where patriarchy smashing shit comes in. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Oftentimes your nervous system is trying to protect you. Right. It knows that have giving you a pain flare up will stop you. Hmm. right? That it literally kind of paralyzes you that you will not take action because it is perceiving your action as a threat because there is nothing more dangerous than a powerful woman, right? right? So a woman who's finally stepping in and kind of seeing things, that's where you often see pain flare-ups. And then they, yeah, and then they'll take her down. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of people stop, right? Then they feel that they can't have a business because of their pain. When really that pain can be a sign of like, oh, fuck, yes, I've just hit the next level. Hell yes. Uh, like, this is the sign that I'm like doing the right thing, right? right? Yeah. And so you can kind of start to make friends with it there. I'm just like, ooh, I see you pain. And then, you know, I'm like, obviously individually guiding people through all sorts of fun tools to, to use to like manage the pain and stuff like that, of course, and to actually heal and help the nervous system feel safe, but even just in that moment, recognizing like, Ooh, you're, you're seeing this as a threat. I see you. Wow. Like this is really scary. This is, you know, in the history of women, this has never been done before. You're right. Thank you for, thank you for letting me know. And like giving it tons of love and compassion, like authentic love and compassion. You can't force it. And then you can say, look, I'm going to update you to 2022 now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All these powerful women who are thriving by using their voice. And pain Let is no just... longer necessary to keep yes. us safe. I am safe, right? Yes. Yeah. You just need to do this little by little. And, and even like using, it's so funny because when I read your post, so many of them can kind of be flipped back on pain. It's like even using like the garbage post challenge, for instance, it's like, each time you're posting, and if you feel like a pain flare up, your back tightening up, you can then use that as evidence of like, hey, look, we posted and we didn't die. Thank you back for giving me warning. I was watching out for myself and we're good. That's so like, different from the way I don't consider myself to have chronic pain, but I do. I've had, I've experienced a lot more pain than I have ever before in my life um, with my pregnancy and onwards. And like my back started hurting in ways that never, it never did. And the, the way that I usually talk to my 
self about the pain is like the opposite of the tone that you're using right now. You're just like your tone when you talk to your own pain is like so like warm and loving and gentle and like you're a friend. And now I'm like, oh, there's that fucking back pain again. Oh, I hate it so much. Right. So <laughs> I'm just like noticing, oh, so that's how you talk to your pain. That probably is going to make my experience a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, my yeah. God. It's for you to try it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I know that lots of my clients just have, I wonder if you can touch on this, just have this frustration that they just don't have as much time when they get to be on for their businesses because they are just down from their chronic pain a lot of the times. And there's just the sense of it. it's unfair, right? All those other people get all of their days because they're healthy and they're, they're pain-free. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say healthy. They're pain-free all their days. And why do, why do I have to get, have to be stuck with this pain that immobilizes me that, you know, and it's not fair. And for them, for the, for the people who really have a sense of that, how would you coach them? What would you offer? Yeah. And of course, everything is so individualized. And ultimately, pain is always trying to send a message. And it's really important to differentiate, is the message like a valid message, right? Like one that is actually useful? Or is does my like nervous system and pain need to be updated mm. to the current reality? So I feel like that differentiation always needs to be made because sometimes we start listening to pain and like interpreting it as a real threat when it's not. So you treat that very differently versus sometimes pain. And this is how my pain tends to present like this is it is like the greatest advocate for your self-care because it's going to like, for me, if I start like eating food, like too much, too many, like certain foods and stuff, or if I'm not sleeping well, if I'm not taking care of myself, that's when my pain flares up. And so it took a while to get there, but now it's like, thank you back for letting me know that I have not been putting myself first. Like I have been totally slacking on my self-care. Okay. I can already hear my clients responding like, but Andrea, there's like stuff that has to get done. It's I'm all, it all sounds not nice to be make friends with your pain and talk to it nicely and give yourself the rest, whatever. But like, listen, I like literally need to do the garbage post challenge because Simone said, so I have to write this copy. I have to write, you know, I have to write these emails. Like if I don't, what's going to happen? And I just don't have the energy, t- energy for it. I just don't have the, I'm not available for it because of my chronic pain. You know, the show has to go on Andrea. What are you going to do then? I love this example so much because it was like such a perfect example of exactly what you would hear. And it's, and you know, it might take a while. I might not say this so blatantly to someone who's like a one-on-one client, but it's like, chances are, if that is your energy behind it, holy shit, is your pain trying to teach you to slow the fuck down? <laughs> I mean, listen, we're like laughing about it, but, but I, we're not making, you know, we're not making, yeah, no, of course not. Yeah. Of how frustrating, not how painful it is a very, very painful place to be. And I'm not saying that's like, I'm not laughing at that at all, but it is very, I do. I was able to like do that voice just now. Cause I've heard that exact thing from out of oh, so yeah. many coaches mouths. Totally. And that yeah. was very much for me, like that, again, that's a reason like my, like I said, my pain is very much self-care related. When I start getting into that exact frantic state, That is when my pain comes. And guess what? I don't get anything done when I'm in that state. Right. And it probably belongs that state, right? Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I lived in that for my, probably half my life. (laughs) I think that we're so uh, culturally, we're so used to being 
at war with ourselves, right? This is what I yes. talked about a lot. You know, my thing is my jam is talking to people with ADHD because I have ADHD and our whole lives, it's almost like we've been taught to be at war with our ADHD. We've been taught to be at war with our depression. So it's like, if you have ADHD, no, you should try to focus, you just try to stay on track. You should be consistent. Mm-hmm. You have executive dysfunction. You're dysfunctional, make yourself more functional, right? And so our whole lives, we've been trying to fix ourselves, like find ourselves and like, don't be depressed, smile, be positive, think positive thoughts, go, go out for a run, you know, be write down in your gratitude journal. It's everything is like, let's kill your depression. Let's make you a positive person. And so it's not your, it's not our fault. It's not anybody's fault that we, we always, our tendency is to get mad at ourselves. Our tendency is to go to war with our chronic pain, our ADHD, our depression, whatever it is. But we all know what that energy of being at war feels like. It's constricting. And just talking about it makes my stomach clench up. You know, it's a horrible feeling. I, I hated fe- being at war with, my, with myself and I was there most of my life, right? And so if, if you're, if you recognize yourself in what we're describing, just notice, huh, that energy of being at war with myself, being at war against my pain, that does not feel good. And it's not a place where, and interesting possibilities can come about. It's not a place where learning or, or and growth or even curiosity can can happen. And so it may feel very true that it's not fair that you don't have enough energy, you don't have enough spoons because of your chronic pain. I'm not. We're not at all trying to like gaslight you about that. We make space for the legitimacy of all of that. And at the same time, notice. Oh, I'm in this energy of being at war with an aspect of myself what would it be like if I were to be willing to shift that a little bit, right? Yes. And I want to say two things to that is, especially when you have that, like, it's not fair, Mm. that gets a voice Mm -hmm. so often, especially amongst coaches, we immediately then have shame, right? Right. It's like, oh, that's not a very light coaching. Yeah. And it's like, there are thoughts that you're finding yourself like, oh, I'm thinking that that's not helping. Oh no, I'm just doing it give that expression, like give yourself a pity party, like a truly like have a pity party for yourself. Have like, it's not fair. Go yell it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, Shake your fist. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like let that truly have expression and notice. And since I'm I'm going a little bit more than I normally go, since I'm talking to life coaches here, notice if you're having resistance to allowing that, because often what happens is we have our pain and then we have a shame about our pain. And now we're having this thought and now we're having shame about this thought and now we're trying to (laughs) let it out and now we're not really letting it out yeah Yeah. and so so really it's often going through layer by layer and it's like whatever can have true authentic expression without judgment Mm -hmm. is where you want to go so if you're like having resistance like well I can't actually say it's not fair because that wouldn't be life coach you have me ooh like examine that thought. Why can't you just say that for like 10 minutes? Why not? Like what's, what's going to happen. Right. And allow that some space and validation and some expression and kind of keep stepping back. And then you'll find often if you're giving it that true space, true validation, you can then kind of really move back inwards. Yeah. That makes sense. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing. I, I love like oh, no, that made total sense. So, <laughs> um, and then the other piece I really wanted to touch on was when you're talking about that stomach clenching feeling that like mm-hmm. it's constricting mm-hmm. and, and I want to talk, especially to anybody here who's like, yeah, but my, you know, the MRI showed me this and my muscles really are tight. And this is all, you know, this, this all very much presents physiologically, just as Simone just mentioned, 
your muscles literally do clench up when we're having this resistance and this fix it and this at war with ourselves. It literally can give your muscles, like it can literally tighten them up. And it's often that tightness that if you went to a massage therapist, they're going to be like, your muscles are rock hard and I cannot get them to release. It's because your nervous system is like, "Uh uh-uh, you can't release this. I'm protecting you. And they, they don't go anywhere. And so this stress and this like this need to fix ourselves creates a stress, creates a war with them with ourselves that literally does then present physiologically. Like it's a neural loop ultimately. Right. And that right. just reinforces then the message to the brain that there's a threat in the body because it's like, look how tight the muscles are. Yikes. <laughs> and so so for anybody who just wants to be like really neurosciencey about it, it's like ultimately by coming to a place of allowance and not and kind of dropping the rope. Yeah. That actually is what's going to allow your muscles to relax. Yeah. You'll notice the expansiveness and we're yeah. putting all this pressure on fixing something. It doesn't, it, it doesn't work. And chances are you've been trying it. Mm, it's not working. It, work, it would have worked by now. I promise yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of like trying to change your husband. Like if that was going to work. <laughs> Probably would have worked by now. Um, exactly. Sorry, not to be heteronormative, but a lot of the times it is the husband, although sometimes it's not. <laughs> what would you say to a coach who's listening to all this and really, you know, has is beginning to have hope that things could be different for them, that they could have a different relationship with their pain, that they could, you know, free up more space, more energy for their work but it's like, I'm really hopeful and I really want to believe you, but I just find it hard to believe that someone like me with chronic pain can be as productive as somebody like, can you give me hope? Like, where's the proof that I want to, I want proof that I can be, I can be just as successful as I wish to be. Like I, that I can fulfill my potential just as much as I long to, but think that I haven't been able to because of my pain, like Andrea, give me something. What would you say? Yeah. The thing that comes to mind is one of the most common things that my clients say, probably just even a couple sessions in working, but definitely by the end is, oh my gosh, I never knew my pain would be like the greatest gift I ever got. Wow. Like my pain has changed my life for the better. (laughs) And they're like, I'm so grateful for my pain because it allowed me to do this work. Mm -hmm. So like your pain is literally mapping out all of the areas that are just like calling out to be healed. Mm. It's just like, it's like your own little map of like, Ooh, where can I, especially life coaches who all love to work on themselves. Like you got your own map right here. It's like, it's like a personalized curriculum for self growth. Yeah, absolutely. And if it's presenting like that, especially if it's kind of more from the emotional place, um, and if it, especially if we're linking it to trauma, it means it is ready to be healed, which often means you are breaking generational cycles, like oh my God. fucking opportunity. You know, because I'm a business coach, I hear this and I think every time I have a giant personal breakthrough, not even giant, every time I have a personal breakthrough, I just make more money because I get to be in yes. great congruence with what I teach and I get to be a more, hold more powerful space the more I grow and expand myself. It's almost like every time you get into a deeper level of friendship with your pain, you work through another layer of healing for your pain. It's like, you know what's on the other side? More money for you. <laughs> Like 100%, 100%, like always. And like all my clients kind of show that, like their business always improves 
after making friends with their pain and really wow. giving their pain a voice because it's ex- exactly what you just said. So spoke good. To. So Andrea, I obviously, you know, everybody who's, who's listening, who, you know, should go work with you, who ha- who struggles with this. But if they're like, I'm not in a position to be able to hire a life coach on my pain just yet, and they want to DIY it, could we give them like a Cliff Notes version that they can kind of take into their lives to kind of start doing this work on their own? Ah, oh, Cliff Notes version. I mean, you've already, biggest... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've already given a really a lot of really beautiful ideas that are going to be useful, but just something, some things to anchor them, right? As they go yeah. do this work on their own. I think for first of all, follow Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram. There's a lot of gold there, but just for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say one of the biggest things that I want to say is that a lot of pain ultimately is, it is complex. There's a lot of factors that play into it. And I would say the biggest thing I see is someone getting stuck in one place for it. Hmm. So if you are a coach, and since I'm talking to coaches, if you're a coach and you've done a lot of thought work around your pain and haven't really seen shifts or even feel the resist, like that's where I lived is I just had so much resistance to it. Hmm. is I would say then going into really emphasizing the somatic piece, go watch model heresy number three. And it's really that (laughs) trauma piece. And that's, that is again, where I'm like living 75% of the time with my clients, because oftentimes you're carrying something that's not yours in the first place. And that actually right there is a great question to ask your pain is like, are you even mine? How much of this is even mine? And like, what do you need? And just start asking it questions like that and really allow your body sensations to, and like really sitting with your body sensations. And what I would encourage people to do as well is, you know, let's say it's your low back that hurts. Like, yes, of course you can pay attention to your low back pain, but I would really start to look at like what's going on in my throat when I have my low back pain, what's going on in my chest, in my, you know, Mm -hmm. looking elsewhere and getting curious about that. Because often we get so stuck on like the physical pain itself. And usually there's something else around it. So that would be my, I don't know. Is that a good question? No, I mean, I think we coaches all need reminders to get out of our, out of our heads and into our yeah. bodies. You, you cannot heal your pain in your head. Promise you that. Cannot Ironically though, because your, your pain is in your head, but also you can't heal it just by your cognitive work. Yeah. And I'll say, actually, I'm going to, I will say, I will say something like that to that pain, like, Traditional pain neuroscience very much goes by a little bit more head-based at first. I have been in the clinic where I've explained it to someone and like literally if it works, it works almost instantaneously. They're like, oh my gosh. And they're like, within like a couple of weeks, they're like, I'm so much better. So oftentimes if it's like truly like a, a just a intellectual, like misunderstanding of your pain, the results are incredibly, they're usually really fast. Mm. <laughs> like it's so, so if you, if you're like, if you feel like you're forcing thought work, mm. that is use it's that as a reminder to go into your body and, and you're always bouncing back and forth, right? Th- thought work is always going into your body anyways. It's just right. Really I, I agree. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> thought work is just going into your body. I like to sometimes not say the words thought work. And I like to think, I like to look at it as awareness work because all you're doing is creating awareness of sure what's happening in your head, what thoughts, what sentences are in your brain, but also what's happening in your body. That's the feeling line on the model. And writing a model is about 
paying attention to all of it. Because when you say thought work, it just sounds like we're playing just on the T line. It's not true. We're looking at all of it. And so when I say thought work, when we all say thought work, I want you to understand it as awareness work, paying attention to everything, paying attention to the reality around you. That's the circumstance line, paying attention to the thoughts in your head, paying attention to the sensations in your body. That's the F line, the actions that you take. It's all of it, right? So that is fantastic. Okay, Andrea, where, what's the best way for people to find out more about your work? Definitely. I hang out on Instagram the most. So you can follow me at Dr. Andrea Moore. It's D-R-A-N-D-R-E-A-M-O-O-R-E. So feel free to DM me. And I'm going to be coming up. I am about to come out with a program, my Unweaving Chronic Pain uh, program, that's going to be literally step-by-step walking people through how to do this. Like I am teaching you if you're, if like, especially if somatic embodiment work is challenging, which it usually is, especially for coaches, like these coaches are so used to like living in their head. It is, I just like want to emphasize how hard it can be. And a lot of times where, you know, even Simone and I were doing it, of like, just get into your body. Well, if it doesn't feel safe in your body, then how the hell are you supposed to get in your body? Right. Right. So like, I am walking through that, especially from a very, very trauma informed standpoint of like a lot of the people, like who I recommend taking this program is that you don't feel safe. Like you try to do embodiment work and you're like, Oh, fuck that. Like, uh, -uh." like you can't, like every time you sit down to do it, you either like freak out. It doesn't work. You're like, "Uh uh-uh. So many people are there. Yeah. Yes. I am walking people like and teaching you how to do it. It's going to be a six month program. So it's giving you so much space to really learn how to turn inwards and trust your own inner knowing and really get to like be friends with your pain. So Beautiful. you can Everybody look out for that. Up for that. <laughs> yes. And I have a, I also do have my own podcast that is called the unweaving pain, chronic pain podcast as well. And all the links are in my we'll have links too. Yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes. I just want to quickly say we've referred to the model heresy class a few times, and it is the epic masterclass I taught on using the self-coaching model in a trauma-informed um way that takes a takes into account you know, the, the lineage of, of history, the your nervous system, the way it's wired, trauma, all of it. And I've been told by so, so, so many people that, that it's completely changed their relationship to coaching and, you know, set a fire under their asses. I highly recommend it. You can find it on my website. Um, it's $6 model heresy class, 90 minute class, and it's well beloved. Okay. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me. I think this was, it like blew my mind. Um, some of the ideas that you teach and wildly illuminating. And I especially, especially super, super, love to empower those who have been traditionally in the margins just because no one thought to address this topic, which which affects so many humans, especially lots of women and also people who are socialized as women because we just carry more pain and more trauma. Hello, because of history, right? Yes. And yes. so I'm so grateful to you for, for giving voice to that. Um, and I want to make entrepreneurship Uh, and coaching businesses, especially a safe place for humans with chronic illness. So I think, I hope that our episode um, played a part in that. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Yay. I agree. And we'll talk to you next time, everybody. Happy joyful marketing. Bye. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. 
Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time. Oh, 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 o